Hey, Zeke, guess what? What's that? Well, instead of, uh... Oh, you hold it the wrong way. What do you mean? You use the firm part of the base. Yes, it's much easier to grab. Really? Man, you Yankees. Guess we know which one of us wore the, uh... Camo pullover tonight, and which one did not? <laughs> Probably. I just thought like the sound came out of the firm part, so you didn't hold it there. Well, your hands open, so sound travels. Just like when you tell me not to put my hand over my face and play with my mustache while we were talking. You do that a lot. I know. That's why you like me bringing it up just now, don't you? Yeah. Showing you that I'm working on these things. I appreciate you working to be a better <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> And with that, let's start the show. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker. And together, we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for being a part of our day. Zeke, say hello to the folks. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. We are recording this on a Tuesday night to try to get this out before Wednesday. For all of you that might not have this in the morning... My sincerest apologies, but we have had a hell of a last two weeks, haven't we? Been a little helter-skelter, a little up and down the road, a little all over. A little bit up, down, all around, everywhere, here, there, everywhere, just like the Beatles. I never really listened to them much. Really? Nope. Too much Almond Brothers? Uh, I may listen to them some, but just that whole style of music's not too much of my thing. You don't like people that influence pretty much every single style of music that have come since? I'm just telling you, I've never been a big fan of the Beatles. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is probably it. But like, Revolver, Abbey Road, the White Album. There's so many things that like, if you think about it, there were so many different types of music in one album. Nope. All right, I'm just going to let it be. <laughs> Oh, wow, that's a good joke. <laughs> Man. Well, I mean, you say you want a revolution, but... John, this, this is going downhill. Clearly, clearly uh, we need to include more products during our initial banter segment to get some better jokes rolling or something here, maybe. I don't know. I just want to tell you that in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. I mean, I thought it was first one to go wins. <laughs> So, the past couple weeks have been crazy. We did Old Elk Picks with Elixir. I stayed and did one with Barrels and Brews as well. Stay tuned. Our one with Elixir is going to be coming out here soon. The turnaround time for these Old Elks are not that crazy. Well, so, both will be coming out soon. And yeah. Just as a, a tidbit to clear the air, because... It did seem ironic, I guess, to some folks that when we did our review on that, then suddenly a couple weeks later, they happened to be in the market for picks. But that was a 100% coincidence. Not complaining about it by any means. Uh, obviously, 
if you listen to that episode, I was a pretty big fan. And cash strength compared to 88 proof did nothing but get better, honestly. But uh, that that wasn't a, a baited lead-in. That was just luck of how the cards fell. Did somebody say something to you about that? It just looked that way. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, oh, wow, here comes a random product never heard of. Now they're doing a pick of it. Are these guys trying to bait me? No, in interest of full disclosure, what what had happened was their PR people had reached out to me and said, would you like to sample some old elk? And I said, sure. And then about two weeks later, we get a call from a couple of stores that we're friends with that said, hey, we're doing a pick of old elk down at Best Brands. Why don't you come down? And we said, okay. I mean, that's really what happened. It was, we didn't even know they were going to be in town. Old Elk hadn't reached out to us. It was actually the stores that reached out to us. And then we ended up doing the pick. And thankfully, we ended up getting some time with Greg Metz. And that literally, we did the pick. And I said, we'd love to sit down with you sometime today. And I literally got a call that said, hey, we got to go to the airport in 35 minutes. And I said, great, I'll be there in five. So it was... Well, and that was necessary simply because I'd ask almost all those questions with him during the pick process. Somebody was just off to the side. But how often do you actually get in a pick situation a good time to record? I don't know. I was just saying there was as much distance between he and I as there are you and I right now. And we had a nice lengthy conversation about distilling and, you know, coming up from the ranks at Seagram's. And honestly, just a very impressive conversation. I, I look forward to continuing one day. And we already have told Old Elk that we would like to continue it. I know it will. We are going to get a chance to sit down with Greg for a much longer conversation. Zeke will be there this time, hopefully and he will be ready with questions. But speaking of picks, we do have a pick that isn't in the books yet, but is on the books to happen very soon. Which one's that one? Well, the hunter's pick at the Whiskey Warmer. Oh, we do. Man, amnesia over here. Well, I mean, there's so many picks going on. I wasn't sure which one you were talking about. I was like, can you talk about the Russell's one? We just... I said... On the books, not in the books. I figured scheduled. I figured we would go in sequential order of the picks. But if you want to hop around a little bit, if you guys haven't got your tickets yet, March 30th, down at West Haven in Franklin, we are going to be podcasting the Whiskey Warmer. And I can announce that we are going to be doing a pick along with Leaper's Fork Distillery and Barrels and Brews. We are going to have a pick, the first pick from all indication that I have, the first ever barrel pick of Leaper's Fork Colonel Hunter's Select. Well, there you go. Came right back to you. It did. You must be taking some of that stuff they advertise on the TVs. Was it Prevagen or something like that? They say, I don't know. They say it really increases short-term memory. But they have those like great jingles. That's all I remember. On Prevagen? No, but just any of those... Memory went back out. No, any any of those... You're flopping around about as much as that turkey call right now. Any of those pharmaceutical commercials, you know they always have a crazy jingle in there that's like... I think that's old school now. It's all like more visual. I don't know. It's like people walking in a park hand in hand. Or the Cialis one with two people in separate bathtubs on a cliff. <laughs> I've yet to ever understand that one. Me neither. But anyway, so that's super exciting. If you have 
tickets to Whiskey Warmer, you're going to want to come by our table. We'll be podcasting there, but you're going to want to come by our table earlier rather than later, let's just say, because we are going to have the opportunity. We will have more than one bottle there. We are still working out some of the details with Lee Kennedy over at Leaper's Fork. He's a great, great guy. We will be sitting down with him before Whiskey Warmer to, to let you know a little bit more about that distillery. We're going to have samples from more than one bottle there. You guys will be able to pick which one you like the most, and that will end up being the Whiskey Warmer Barrel Select. And it's a way to kind of get everybody involved. We know that as we're doing a podcast, we would love to have each and every one of you on. We can't necessarily do that. So this is a way for us to interact with all of you. So make sure to go to whiskeywarmer.com, get some tickets if you haven't already. If you have got tickets, let us know. We'd love to know you're going. I know I set up a Facebook event to say that we are going to be podcasting there. Make sure you tell us you're going so we know to look for you. That kind of made Zeke's eyes light up. Did you know I did that? No, that wouldn't really light up. That was the, oh, really? Yeah. Missed that one somewhere. Yeah, I did it like a month ago. Oh, I've, I've slept twice since then. You you taken some of that medicine that I am? No, not at all. <laughs> I'm, I, 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 I want the hair to stay on my head, not my cheeks. Love some good cheek hair. <laughs> you you just want a caterpillar to be on your lip, Wade Boggs. Look here now, buds. Don't hate. You can't grow the full beard because as I'm seeing the stubble that you have on your face, there's too much gray in your beard now. It's not gray. It's white. They're thick. It's white? Mm-hmm. White hair, super thick. I've always had them. Are you going to be Santa? No, they're they're intermingled. I mean, it's just, I mean, it looks salt and pepper, but it's not gray. It's still just a white, like these thick, coarse hairs. I don't understand them. Yeah. I'd pluck mine out. Well, I would, but that'd be plucking half my face, and it would hurt. <laughs> Pain is just weakness leaving the body, Zeke. That sounds like pee to me. That's what my football coach used to tell me. Oh. Anyways, there's another pick we'll, we'll let you guys know about a little bit later. Look for all that fun stuff on Whiskey Warmer, whiskeywarmer.com. Again, Zeke, let's get into what we're actually talking about today because we were sent from Rabbit Hole. So thank you very much, Rabbit Hole. We were sent a sample, and by sample, they sent us an actual bottle that doesn't happen too often. A lot of times we get those little media samples. This time we got a whole bottle of their four grain straight bourbon whiskey. Now this comes from Kentucky. They are producing at their distillery in Louisville now. In the past, they have sourced from Kentucky, uh, from Northern Kentucky, but they used their founder's own four grain recipe. It is 70% corn, 8% malted wheat, 10% malted barley, 10% honey malted barley. It's aged three and a half to four years. It's 95 proof, 47.5 ABV, and it comes in at about $54.99. Sounds very interesting. As I look at this, at least on paper, I found the honey malted barley to be a very interesting aspect. We don't really hear a lot about a honey malted barley in a four grain. Typically, you might get corn, wheat, barley, rye. Instead of rye on here, they actually put in honey malted barley, which so it's is four grains but two barleys. Four grains, two barleys. One is a honey malted barley, and one is a regular malted barley. And one finished product, not finished, but you know what I mean. 
Yeah, I mean, you mean the honey? No, like just to play on numbers. Oh, one bottled product. There we go. Yeah, one bottled product. When you say finish, I'm I like, know. I don't see sherry or. I anything. know you're like, what did I miss? Yeah, you're worried. You're you're keeping me on my toes. <laughs> so four things turn into one. It's about three and a half to four years. The price is not anything uh, crazy if you think about what a quote unquote craft would be putting out. The you see comparable things that would come out at eighty or so. The four grain is one that we've seen from some other distilleries. You know, our friends down at H. Clark, they're a four grain. You have J. Henry's a four grain. You have that EHT four grain. So, and uh, 620 out in the Carolinas, that's a four grain. So, there's a lot more four grains than you would actually think that are in the marketplace. Hmm. When, uh, you know, EHT came out and everybody was like, oh, it's a four grain. Well, there's, as you look at it, there's actually a lot more four grains than you would think. Sometimes more is less and less is more. You never know. So let's get into our tasting notes on this. What do you think, Zeke? Nose-wise, took me a second to kind of pin this down. And I probably ought to buy one to confirm, but I thought it really reminded me of cow tails. The little pull candy thing, you know what I'm talking about? By that, it really had... Just a light caramel to it and a very fresh uh, marshmallow sugar. Behind that, I picked up uh, what seemed to be barley over rye, but that was very, uh, you know, secondary to tertiary on that. It took a minute for that to kind of come through after the initial, you know, cowtail profile of what I thought came off. Palette-wise, kind of did a, a little bit of a hard left turn. It seemed to be pretty much predominantly barley and rye put on it could have possibly been uh, you know honeysuckle with a kick but then uh, the barley seemed to get a bump from the corn and then the rye kicked in it moved in a lot of different directions to me but i wouldn't necessarily say it was well-rounded they, they weren't smooth turns it, it really seemed like three specific different phases versus a progression i i think it's fair to say there's a little bit of a progression there. I think when I first had it, the nose was sweet honey grain. And I, I kind of took everything you were saying about those different aspects that you would put together and, and really kind of focused on just it was grain forward in a lot of different ways, whether or not that's a malted barley or the malted wheat, whatever it was, I could really smell those grains in there as well as taste them once I get to my tasting notes. But I got a little bit of cinnamon, just smelled a little bit light to me, and I know that's not a very good nosing note, but it just, it wasn't thick, it, it just kind of, it was there, you had to work for it a little bit, but I kind of summed it all up, the nose is like breakfast cereal, as it gets a little bit of air, that sweet syrup profile kind of really came through for me, so... It was grainy at first, and as it aired, it mellowed out into a sweet syrup. I left this one out, and this got a lot of air on it, just so you could maybe get what I'm getting at with it. The taste was a spice tingle at first. Just that rye really gave me a kick right in the beginning, really made my mouth tingle. I said it was grain forward. I liked the honey aspect to the malt. I could really get that honey, and that's something I never have really got on a four grain before. With some air, though, again, 
it got a little bit syrupy. It was like a sweet honey syrup with a little bit of oak. So there was a little bit of roughness to it at the end. So like you, I got multiple kind of phases of this one. And then the finish, I just said the sweet lingers. So there's a sweetness overall to this bourbon that I really find. And it's like that sweet honey, honeycomb, honey crisp. And it's more like a honey crisp, right? Because it's like that honey syrupy cereal. I didn't get that much expression in any of those profiles. But what also perplexes me pretty well is a note that both you and I put down and obviously didn't know this until now, but we both mentioned rye. What are the four grains? Sure. Hmm. We're dummies. Well, no, no. I mean, you looked it up after we both tasted it. Yeah. Fair enough. We did. I mean, no lie here. But we both got what we thought was a very noticeable rye presence. Almost similar to, you remember back when we did the the Weller lineup months ago, and rye was a noticeable note that showed up quite a few times. So what's coming off to give it that much of what we, the mind tells you is a rye profile if there is zero rye in there? And it's funny. I think it's because I always associate that mouth tingle, that spicy mouth tingle. Oh, there, there's, to- a, there's a, a fair singe for 95 proof uh, I'll totally agree there what's causing it gotta be one of the grades well obviously but I mean <coughs> even if you look at you know moonshine straight corn whiskey it has a burn but it doesn't give off a rye singe not any I've ever had or that, no. that type of note so I mean is it the wheat is it the barley I feel like there's enough barley and plenty of other things to where I know it would go against the whole premise behind using wheat and that they removed it to take out the spice, but could there seemingly be, you know, wheat grains that, who knows, maybe they changed over time, there was some, you know, cross-germination or some random stuff, but for whatever reason, they're giving off a little bit of what the mind tells you is a rye kick. I think the only thing we can do is put two and two together, and if we're thinking, if we're well, yeah, there's four grains here. No, but if we're getting that in Weller and we're getting that in this, it has to be something with the wheat. Well, there's also barley in there I, and corn. But again, I, like I say, I, I think with corn, I, you know, growing up in Podunk, we had shine plenty of times and it burns you in a different way. Yeah, the shine I have at my house does <laughs> not burn me that way. So I'd say it's either got to be something to do with malted barley or, like I say, maybe there are wheat grains now that for whatever reason, seem to mimic, you know, a rye when it, you know, what the mind tells you. Yeah, this is going to be one that I am definitely wanting to delve into <laughs> the, a little bit more. The, the look on your face on the rye note was pretty pretty classic. I would like to have captured that one. Yeah. <laughs> I feel but like I, I did the same thing writing it on a piece of paper up. Because I went back and read my notes as you're going through yours, and I'm like, well, shit, I said rye. John just said not no rye. <laughs> <Rut row. laughs> See, guys, we're not that smart at the end of the day. We're just two dumbasses that like to drink whiskey together. But did you get the syrupy sweetness to it? That Sorry, the syrup? I don't, I don't get the sweetness. Um, I get a bit of that feel to it in a really light, syrupy-type product. It, it's not heavy by any means, but it does have some kind of weird cohesiveness you know, like, a, say it was, um, uh, what's the stuff the kids play? Look, it looks, looks like kid's slime. You know, it's hanging over a ledge. It's going to pull itself down. It, it's got that, you know, 
cohesiveness mixture of non-separating. Nickelodeon gack? I don't know, whatever you want to call that. But another thing I thought about at some point, you know, tasting this over a little bit of time, it really kind of reminds me of Waffens. Especially some of those single barrels. They're just, you know, they're all over the place. There's there's some great ones. There's some not so great ones. And then there's some that if you look at it on a piece of paper and the notes you get, and, and similar to some of the notes here, it's very admirable qualities. You know, on paper you look at that and you think, man, that thing's got it all. It's like a really good complex pour. But then when you experience it, it's, um, you know, like when you're on a roller coaster and you get those hard turns and jerks instead of just, you know, smooth loopy loops or something. Every time it changes directions, it, I mean, it's a hard punch and shift versus, you know, carrying you through the phases of it. No, I understand what you're getting at there. It's almost one of those things where I wonder. So if you think about this distillery on a whole, they really just got that awesome new place in Louisville. They're laying down their own stuff there. Not saying it wasn't their own recipe that their founder made. You know, this was all stuff from their founder. They contracted it out before, but they have some stuff resting. And now that they have the facility to do it, you wonder if they're going to age some stuff a little bit longer. Is that age going to smooth out some of this that's a three and a half to four year product right now? Because what I'm tasting is not bad. It's not like I'm sitting here going, this is terrible stuff. I mean, I'd probably get another bottle because out of the four grain whiskeys I've had, that's probably one of my favorite. Just, I like the honey aspect of it that you probably didn't get as much as I did. And again, different strokes for different folks. But I almost wonder if that's sitting there at a five and a half to six year product, is that a little bit smoother than it is right now? Well, plus you never know, too, the the nuances of running it off a different still, aging in a different location. Similar to the analogy I made on the on paper, this has all you could really you know want or ask for it in a lot of ways. At the same time, on paper, the same product and same ingredients distilled at two different places, aged at two different places, clearly you get a different result. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those tough things, especially with crafts whether they are running their own stuff, contracting it out, or even sourcing and then converting over, depending on what you know batch or blend or whatever you had and where it was in the process of things, it's really hard to get a, a firm opinion. You know, it's not those you know, instances where you can say, whew, had that, never buying it again. Well, I guess maybe at a price point. Different story. We've had we've had that conversation plenty of times, especially regarding crafts. And you don't want to price something where somebody's so bitter over getting a possibly subpar product that they're just flat out never going to buy you again. No, I mean I think the price is a fair point. I mean, one could maybe argue maybe forty five over fifty five, but you know they're not putting out something at eighty bucks like other people are. If you think about what they have, they have a gin, they have a sherry finish, and they have a rye along with this bourbon. So they are doing very well as a company, at least developing different products, different things. So it's one of those things where I would look at this saying, this has a lot of promise for me. There's got to be something that I'm going to love 
that they're putting out. I mean, you know us with gin. I'd love to try their gin. I'd love to try the rye. I don't know if I'm the right clientele for a sherry finish, but <laughs> it's um, I'm sure people that like finishes, there's, there's aspects of this with their four grain recipe, at least for the bourbon and sherry finish side that somebody's going to really like. Hey, and this actually kind of just came to me, but at least they, they seem to hit the, uh, the nail on the head with the name. It's kind of like when folks ask me questions of, you know, random Willets or should I, should I get into Willets? And I always say it's a rabbit hole you don't want to mess with because who knows where it will lead and how many different directions you can go. And this juice has a lot of different things. I know I see some inst- or some ads on social media from time to time. I would assume they have a pretty strong cocktail support. They actually, so they do. And the funny thing is their bar and this is when I was just up in Louisville I really wanted to go to Rabbit Hole and they were having a private event so I didn't get to go somebody had rented it out but their their bar they actually do cocktails by Death and Company so that famous New York bar they actually have helped develop all their stuff down there in Louisville so they're making some great great cocktails at the distillery there Oh, yeah. I mean, there's enough difference in the profile. to Folks that know what goes with what could easily uh, find some good synergy, I'm sure. So are you saying it's a cocktail bottle for you right now? I'm saying I'm not a cocktail person because it just takes up too much time and I don't have anywhere to put the ingredients that would be necessary for it. But if I was, especially with summertime approaching, this seems like something that would be, you know, versatile in those regards. I'm not a cocktail guy at home. I'm with you. I only have space in my cabinet for bourbon. But when I go out, I like a good cocktail. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we can sit there with a a glass, ice mix, shake it up, strain it, all that stuff. With a three-year-old hanging on our leg. Well, that or asleep, and they hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Now I don't get to enjoy the drink or even... Do anything. Go put the kid to sleep. I mean, it's it's fun, though. Not when it's your own fault for waking them up. No, but it's it's fun to just have them hang on your leg. Yeah, I don't really get that. No? No. Oh. She uses me as a jungle gym, so... When, when your daughter gets a little bit older, she'll use you as a jungle gym, too. Oh, I get that. Just not flips. No? No, they try to stay waist up. I have a lot of gas. <laughs> On that note, if you haven't already got your tickets to Whiskey Warmer, please go to whiskeywarmer.com. Come hang out with us. We're going to be podcasting on March 30th down there in West Haven. Go ahead and find us on your favorite podcast app, which we think you already have because you're listening. Please give us a fair and honest review. Find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Zeke, before we close this out, and before you tell the folks where they can find us, final verdict on Rabbit Hole. I'll, I'll leave the door open to the Rabbit Hole. I'm, I'm not going to stick my head in it right now, but I definitely want to see where it goes, where time goes, and, and where their own distillate leads to. They're on the cusp of, of doing some really good things, I think, so um, I'm intrigued. Uh, I'll leave it at that. And for, for now, I'm probably a bar and a cocktail I don't think I would have it straight up at home. There's some, there's some interesting uh, future here, I do believe. I'm torn because I am a solid bar and cocktail, but I would almost love to have a bottle at home 
right now to throw in blinds with people and just kind of say, tell me what you get from this. Just because I think it would be one of those things on a night and really getting into a deep bourbon conversation. I find it very interesting. And it's like you said, there's so many good things that it has on paper. Right now, it's probably a diamond in the rough. With a little bit of polishing, it's going to be really, really good. There's some rough edges that are there at the moment. And I wonder, new facilities, a little bit more age, which they might be doing. I wonder if that's going to polish that up. So I'm with you. I This is definitely high on the watch list, and, and I would not be upset to get this as a drink in a bar. No, might even be fun tinkering around with a, you know, blending a couple other things. Which which is why I'm almost like I'm I'm a solid bar toying with the idea of what I can do with it at home. Buy one, let me know. Yeah. Where else can the folks find us, Zeke? Nashville, Tennessee, and as John said, down a few miles south in Franklin here in a couple of weekends. Forward to hopefully uh seeing some old and new faces and having a good time. Cheers. Ciao.